0: Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. It's Friday, the end of the week, and we have been talking about protocol of His presence. One of the grandest titles associated with God is the King of Kings. This is a title that indicates nothing short of of absolute dominion the mention of it should stir respect worship and wonder the ultimate sovereignty of god is a core part of his presence the transcendent integrity of his reign communicates the essential nature of his godliness i was thinking is there a word like that godness, you know. We talk of goodness, but is there a word like godness? Just think about it. His godness. <laughs> You'll tell me whether there's a word like that. And David in Psalms 29, that we have been reading this week, evokes an image of God that seeks to awaken our heart to the Lord's majesty. An image that seeks to rekindle our desire to be under his lordship. And for the past two weeks, we have seen that there are countless reasons why the Lord God is worthy of all our acclaim. Why we should find a sense of awe, delight, and honor in seeking him. And so as we continue to discuss the protocols of being in the presence of God, I want us to wrap up this week by looking at the Lordship of God and we see in what way He rules and the way He demands for us to approach Him in a certain way. So, Psalms 29 has been so rich. And I'll urge you to take time and just read it. Over again from verse 1 to 11. But verse 11 says, The Lord rules over the flood waters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. I'm going to read that part again. The Lord rules over the flood waters the lord reigns as king forever the lord gives his people strength the lord blesses them with peace david paints an interesting image of jehovah sitting upon waters as king and throne high above the storm you know when we talk about floods some of history's most destructive natural disasters, whether it's from heavy rains, busted dams, or storm surges. We know floods have been known to claim thousands of lives and even leave entire cities in ruins. And yet David brings forth an image of God Moderating, ruling over the most abundant and violent outrushes of waters. I want you to just visualize that. If you remember what we covered yesterday, after the tempest, the thunder, and the lightning, those who are in the Lord's temple praised and worshipped Him. They praise him in recognition of this. The Lord still restrains and overrules this vehement and unceasing outpours and thunders. He still reigns supreme as he did during the time of Noah in the most dreadful flood in the history of mankind. He still sits at the helm of judicial sovereignty, executing judgment and mercy, the Lord still sits as the eternal king, as judge and guardian of his people, even after the storm has passed. He rules, judging in wrath and in mercy. And what David is telling us here is that the Lord presides over the power produces such oil that it is not a matter of chance or fate. It doesn't happen by accident. That this is beyond any physical laws. You know those laws of gravity Isaac Newton and all the other people who discovered those laws. No, it is beyond those physical laws. That even such power is not without restraint. That this is not without a ruler. That amidst the fury of the tempest and the floods, the Lord sits and upon it. That the Lord presides over it all. I'm just gonna pause there, let that sink in. Yeah. And then after describing the tempest. With the Lord enthroned upon it, David introduces a thought that brings the mind of the reader to a calm and confiding place. He says, the Lord reigns as king forever. That even as the winds howl, as the thunder rolls, and the floods sweep through the land, in the midst of all that distress and commotion, when it seems that the terrors of the storm would sweep everything away, there is a crown that can only be found by turning our focus to the one enthroned upon the clouds. He that reigns forever and ever, who though he may permit afflictions, only allows them to go so far and not an inch farther. And in the next verse, David says, the Lord gives his people strength. After the kind of commotion described in the previous verses, David assures that the Lord will support his people, that he will pressure them in times of alarm and storms, that he will strengthen and fortify them. He is the everlasting king, the almighty king enthroned upon the storm. And he will furnish them. He will perfect a strength in their moments of weakness. This is how our God rules. This is the nature of his lordship. He is not a God of terror. His reign is for his people. His reign is a reign of peace. And he whose strength was expressed in the storm offers to impart his strength to his people he invites his people to partake in it he is willing to endure them with a share of his might what a wonderful conclusion david gives us here that the lord in his reign is abundantly able to uphold his people that he can defend them that he can protect them from all dangers You see, what David is telling us is that when we understand that God presides over everything, that there is nothing that can happen behind his back, then we will most assuredly have no doubt that he can protect us. We will go through the worst tempest with the assurance that his strength is enough to support us. And David closes this psalm with a promise of peace. After the struggle and contention, the Lord brings his people rest. You know, the kind of rest that Hebrews 4, 9 says, that there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. The peace of God that Philippians 4, 7 says transcends all understanding. David is assuring us that the same power that controls the storm is able to bring us peace. That however fierce the storm may rage, the Lord will bring calm. That over and beyond the storm, he will give us eternal peace. This is the God we serve. This is the king we approach every moment. The God who gives wings to the storm and carries us on his own wings. The God who executes judgment with a hand of mercy. The king enthroned upon the storm. He who says in Jeremiah 5.22, Do you not fear me? Do you not tremble in my presence? For I have placed the sand as a boundary for the sea, an eternal decree, so it cannot cross over it. Though the waves toss, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roll, yet they cannot cross over it. He presides over the storm. He sets boundaries for it. He is the God who strengthens and supports us. He fortifies and furnishes us. He is the everlasting King. The only King who invites His people to partake in His power. He rules with peace. He reigns with compassion. He is the Lord, our strength and our peace. Psalms 28 verse 7 to 8 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Let us approach his throne with thanksgiving for his eternal mercies. For his assurance when it seems like there is no hope for us. Let us run to him when we are weak. Let us look to him when we are troubled. For he is our fortress. He is our strength and peace. May these truths never be lost to us when we call out his name. May these truths never be lost to us when we approach his throne. He is our strength. He is our peace. This is our heritage in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And this is Protocol of His Presence, Day 10.